Hey guys, sorry about the two-week hiatus. Uh, it was a little unannounced, but uh, gotta take the holidays off. You know how it is. But uh, we've got a lot of great guests coming up, and I can't wait for you to hear all of them. And with that said, enjoy the show. Yes, and I am. Yes, and I am. Hi, and welcome again to the Yes and I Am podcast, the podcast where we learn about people. I'm Aaron Max, and today's guest, I am super thrilled to have him. He is. One of my favorite directors in the industry. Oh, Every movie he makes is like an instant classic. I, I I can't believe he's here today. I know he's on a very busy schedule. Very. He seems to be always writing something new and great. I just want to just introduce you all to Quentin Tarantino. Hey, hey, how are you doing here, man? Uh, this is a really great place. I'm happy to be here. I heard you got a lot of followers, and I figured, hey, man, when I introduce them to my work, you know, millennials, they don't know my work from the early 90s. They only know it the way that people are telling them about it. They don't wait, see wait, it. They don't know your work? I, I feel like your work is everywhere. Well, they know my work, but they don't know my work. You got to understand, to know my work, you have to see my work in the actual film. You can't just watch it on a TV these days and say, hey, that's Quentin Tarantino's work. No, you actually have to watch it on the actual screen. And if I actually put it in the Alamo house, I'm using 35 millimeter film, and I'm giving you a brochure, you better see it that way, not this fucking Netflix or anything else like that. Because that's bullshit. They only get to know my films. They get to see it in just like a living room or something like that. You're kissing, pooing, whatever. No, go to the theater, get some popcorn, enjoy the fucking film. Okay. Um, I, I know that... Uh, um uh, in addition to your own films, you like to tour with like classic films from like that Grindhouse era. Oh yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. some uh, like some real like black exploitation films, yeah, 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 yeah. sex exploitation. Oh films. yeah, yeah, yeah. All about those films, you know, because you know today we live in such a PC culture, you can't get away from like the idea of just going into the crazy mode. So like when I'm actually in the mood of just going like you know let's mix it up, let's see something with a little bit of grit to it, then I'm all about those machetes. I'm saying about the grindhouse is all about them, you know. I, I, I contact Rose McGowan all the time, and I'm just like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna go see this film. You down? And she'd be like, yeah, I'm down. Might do a bump or two before we go see the film, but hey, we're gonna do it. We're gonna eat some popcorn, watch it, and enjoy it. But I'm telling you, this is how it is today. We don't just see films to see films. We got to watch them just to learn a little bit more about them. And I'm telling you, with the grindhouses, you can fucking just forget that shit. Just go in there, enjoy it, watch it, see the craziness but to it. What do you say to the people that like say those films are like racist and sexist? Oh, and Jesus Christ. Art is art. You take it as art. People are making this just because they want to explore they want to just grow. They want to see things. And, and you know, art is, you know, subjective, objective, whatever you want to put out there. I don't know. Even people will correct you on any single thing you say these days. But, yeah, I guess some of those are a little bit racist and everything. You're right. Yeah, you I, I mean, right. as someone, you, you seem to have, like, at least some of your movies seem to have, like, a message of, like, in the right direction. Whereas, like... Movies back then, like, were like, ha, 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 look at these people that look different from us. You're right. You're right. No, 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 no. I, once again, Quentin, why do you always fucking put yourself in a box? Um, you know, I try to have a message. I try to stay on the right side of things. I try to have a good moral compass. But, you know, sometimes, you know, that's limiting in art. 
Because sometimes you want to go to extremes, but you know it's 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 you don't go in there with like a idea of like oh I'm gonna be a racist or oh I'm gonna be a misogynistic or oh I'm gonna be bad. No no no. It's all at the time. It's just about creating, and then that's when the public opinion comes in. All right, so let's take it back. So I uh, recently read an interview that you did where you talked about like how uh, culture these days are have people have grown up with like VHSs mm. and having uh, movies in their home yes. and watching on TV. Yes. And you say uh, that you grew up before that culture um, and that like since you didn't have VHSs and stuff, what you would do was you'd uh, buy the score on mm. of the movie on record yeah. and like reimagine what you saw in the theater. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was the way to do it. You know, like it goes back to my thing earlier, you know, don't watch it on Netflix. Don't watch it on digital. Don't watch it with your buddies. Go to the film and actually see it. Like for me, it's like, I, I couldn't get there all the time. You know, it was tough. So it's like, oh, when I go to my local record store, you know, it's like, well, what do I want to get? And it's just like orchestra, the music, I can put that on and I can reimagine everything I just saw there. I'm in my head. I'm not in someone else's diluted version of it. I put those headphones on. I am with me. So are you like big into music as well as film? Well, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm always into the latest trends of music right now. You know, I've been listening to all the grunge music. I know, I know I'm a little bit behind on the schedule and everything like that, but I'm, I'm just, I'm slowly catching up on things. I'm really big into this band called Nine Inch Nails, uh, really picking up on their stuff. I mean, uh, they, they, uh, their lead singer, uh, Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor, good friend of mine, good. Yeah, he does a lot of movie scores these days. You know, and I'm telling you, like, he uh, did the Facebook or the social network or whatever. Yeah, he yeah, won yeah, an yeah. Oscar for that. Yeah, I, I, you know, and you know what he did with that Oscar? Oscar, he literally used it as like a synthesizer like type of thing. He like he hooked wires to the Oscar itself and then hooked it up to his little synthesizer so he can get tones from the metallic structure of the Oscar. I'm not even kidding you on that. So wait, so did he like did it like have like waves coming off did like he put his hands like near it like a theremin yes 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 that's exactly what he did. It was really insane. Like he hooked up the wires to it and then he's just like Hey, I need you to watch this. And, and, and it's all Trent Reznor voice. I can't, I, I can't do it. But he put his hands near it, and it was just, it was crazy. It was good. It was so eerie. I loved it. You know, he's. Would just, you ever use Trent Reznor for one of your films? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think, I think any film of mine that's like, hmm, I mean, if I can go back in time, I would. Definitely put them on, like, uh, you know, Inglorious Bastards. Put them on that, like, put that soundtrack to them, because I just think, like, uh, the undertone of Trenton Reznor's music to Brad Pitt's, like, deep, deep voice, oh, that would have been beautiful. I mean, uh, Trent Re Reznor has uh, worked with uh, David Fincher a lot yes. over the time, and, like, so has Brad Pitt. Yes. So. There, there's a connection there. there. There is a connection. Maybe something down the in the future. I mean, like, if... I think MTV Movie Awards are still a thing. I mean, that yeah. would definitely sweep, I, I think, if we put our brains together on that. Just on MTV Movie Awards, no other awards? I mean, that's the awards for the audience. That's for the people, you know? Do, do the people vote on those? I know there's a People's Choice Awards. You know what? The People's Choice Awards is a lie. And okay. they're not real people. That's Wait, just, really? That's just boardroom aristocrats. Trust me. And, you know, it might sound strange to go like, oh, but you're going with the millennial age and all these people like that. Yeah, well, I'd rather go with someone who's young at heart and foolish than these old browbeaten old fucks, you know? Like who? Oh, geez. I'm trying to think. Like, 
you know, if I say anything, it's going to make it sound racist because it's just naming all these stereotypical names from the whole Hollywood elite. Oh, so it's just a lot of uh, Jewish names like your words, not mine, buddy. Hey, I mean, you're the one that worked with Harvey Weinstein for all those years. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a piece of shit. Once again, it's like one of those things looking back in time like, oh, I wish I could have took back those days. I mean, I, I, I typically don't like to bring up downers on this podcast, nope. but like it did. It needed to be addressed, I feel. No, no. Weinstein is a piece of trash, piece of shit, and I wish I never worked with him. I really, really regret working with him. Um, I don't have nothing to say other than I'm full of regret with that. All right. Well, um, so speaking of people you work with a lot, you tend to use a lot of the same cast. Yeah. uh, Including people we've had on the show, like Samuel L. Jackson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. who, who's one of your favorite people to work with time and time again? Wow. I mean, that's a question right there that I feel like if I say a name, I'm going to be hurting people. And, you know. I mean, you can say Samuel Jackson. He, he's been in the most of your films, I think. I. Uma. Uma, okay. Uma. All right. That Uma. makes sense. Yeah. Always been a soft spot for Uma. You know, I mean. I never wanted her to get married to Ethan Hawke, but that was her thing. But you know, I mean, he—he's—he's he's a handsome gentleman. But then you look at his smile. Look at his teeth. What's wrong with his teeth? Everything's wrong with his teeth. You circle that teeth just on that. You'll never date him again. So wait, would you never cast Ethan Hawke? I would never cast Ethan Hawke. Are you kidding me? Putting that thing on a slide, 35 mil, is it being her screen? No, 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 no. He's been in so many films, though. And that's unfortunate. That's really unfortunate. I mean, uh, Richard Linklater loves using Ethan Hawke. Well, Richard Linklater is no Quentin Tarantino, I'll tell you that much. And I have a certain regard for beauty on the screen. That's why I like to use Uma and not Ethan. Wait, did you see Boyhood? No. Oh, okay. No, it had Ethan Hawke in it. I couldn't see that. I mean, I, people consider it a masterpiece. It was like you know who thought it was a masterpiece? The Hygiene Dental Association. Because they realized they could just use Ethan Hawke as a case study on how to correct teeth in the future. So wait, do, do all your actors have to have perfect teeth? Because I, I feel like they don't ha- all have. I, I mean, I haven't. Name me back. one. Name me one actor that d- doesn't have it. Do- doesn't have perfect teeth? Yep. Um, I, 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 I'm trying to think. Because right. they don't. They, they, there's not one actor that doesn't have perfect teeth on. Steve Buscemi? He is a god. But he doesn't have perfect teeth. Once again, I wish I could go back and take back the things that I said. <laughs> I realize, Quentin, you're doing it again. Putting yourself in the box. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. I, I, yeah, Steve Buscemi, his teeth, good God. But you know what? You know what? You know why he's better than Ethan Hawke? Why? Where is Ethan Hawke on 9-11? <laughs> no, 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 no. We are going there. Okay. He is hiding. Hiding, scared. Where's Steve Buscemi? I don't know. What was he doing? You don't know this? No, I don't know this story. Oh, my gosh. You need to look this up. He is with his fellow firefighter brothers on 9-11, helping them out. Wait, this is an actual thing? This is an actual, true story. This is no joke. He's with them, helping them out. Where were you on 9-11? We're not talking about me right now. Yeah, you know, but you're, you're, you're criticizing Ethan Hawke for I'm criticizing was. Ethan Hawke because we're talking about teeth. My teeth, as Quentin Tarantino, always perfect. Steve Buscemi's not perfect, but a 9-11 hero, he is. Okay. Um, so justified for his teeth. 
Gave I mean, him hot, he, no justification. He, he, Steve Buscemi is a great actor. I enjoy him and everything, including Reservoir Dogs. He's a great, great actor, great human being. He survived a stabbing to his head. You know, he's a, he's an amazing person. Hey, Steve Buscemi, if you're out there listening to this podcast, we'd love to have you on the show. I'd love to hear about all of your stories. So uh, let's bring it to today. You're currently working on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yep. to come out uh, very soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. What, why this story? Because like you generally don't do like nonfiction work. Mm. You don't do like biopics, but this is a true story about the Charlie Manson murders. and You know... Once again, Quinn, watch what you say. Manson is a very, very tender subject, you know, and especially in Hollywood. Often that, like, gets thrown around too often. You go to a Starbucks, some Starbucks are labeled as a Manson hut. Wait, a Manson hut? A Manson hut, because that's what they call the agents sitting in there to coerce all the brunette actresses to go into their agency. So it's just like, oh, you're going to that Starbucks? It's a Manson hut. So so would he, like, I, I still don't get why it's called a Manson hut. It's a Manson hut because Manson had a cult, and he would get mm-hmm. a good following. So you always have these agents just sitting in a Starbucks waiting to pounce on these young starlets and uh, bring them in, you know, and it's just how Hollywood goes. So it's like, you know, that Starbucks there on uh, Rodeo Drive, that one. Do you call it Rodeo Drive? Secret of the Stars. Call it Rodeo Drive. Instead of Rodeo? See, those who don't have at least $10 million in their bank account, we call it the Rodeo Drive. But those who have at least $10 million or more, we call it Rodeo Drive. Okay. I mean, you, you did grow up in Tennessee. That's so, correct. So I'm sure you've been to a lot of rodeos. I've been to a lot of rodeos. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, Chuck Ledoux, he was uh, one of my favorite bull riders of all time. Is this an actual story? Yes. I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not familiar with bull riders and rodeos. You know, uh, he was uh, one of the top, top bull riders of all time. I think Garth... Why, 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 why not make a movie about bull riders? You can make it like a Western to give it that Quentin Tarantino feel. Have you done like a true you Western? Know, no, 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 no. I'll answer that. I would do that. I would do that. And you know... To bring it back, I'd cast Ethan Hawke in that. Oh. Yeah. Because then I'd have an excuse for him to be method, have a bull, kick him in the mouth, knock out his teeth, and fix it all. And that's how he would do it. Okay. Uh, Oh, Chris Ledoux. Not Chuck Ledoux. I was thinking of, like, Chuck Norris, but another one. No, Chris Ledoux. Yeah. I think Garth Brooks mentioned Were you thinking of Chuck Liddell? No. Maybe. The UFC star? Maybe. 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 The the Iceman? It's definitely uh, Chris Chris Ledoux. Uh, He's mentioned on a Garth Brooks track. Uh, Garth Brooks, great, great singer. You're into country? I'm into country music. Like I said, where did I grow up? Uh, Tennessee. There you go. You can't beat uh, the country out of Tennessee. All right. Well, I think we've reached the part of the show where we like to do a few speed rounds of questions. Mm. Basically, we play a few games on this show. Uh, and uh, yeah. the first game we play is Fuck, Mary Kill. Oh. I have three le- names here. Tell me which category each name goes into. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First name, Orson Welles. Second name, Alfred Hitchcock. Third name, Steven Spielberg. Oh. Wow. Hmm. I think I'd fuck Orson Welles. Okay. Then I'd marry 
Albert Hitchcock. And then I'd kill Steven Spielberg. Is there any explanation behind any of these? I mean, uh, you're killing the only one that's actually still alive. Well, how am I going to keep winning any more awards if Steven Spielberg keeps pumping something out? And half his movies are trash as it is. You just Wait, know. really? I thought I think his movies are great. You tell me the last great movie he did. Uh, Ready Player One. I loved it. Goddamn millennials. No, 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 no. That was not a good movie. I can go in that for a lot of reasons. But no, no, no. I'm definitely killing Steven Spielberg because, hey, he brought us uh, that, that, that giant movie, right? Uh, the BFG? Yeah, the BFG. That needs to go. And he put his name as a producer and so many other bullshit things. It's like J.J. Abrams is doing that now. Oh, I'm going to produce this. I'm going to produce that. No, come on, have some dignity with your fucking name. So, no, Steven Spielberg, he's dead. Albert Hitchcock, I'd marry him just simply because I know I'd have a very good life with him creating all these dark movies and learning so much about the craft from him, the cinematic craft. I mean, you've seen his work. It's fucking amazing. And then Orson Welles. I mean, that. just think about that name. It just rolls off the tongue. And if you're going to fuck someone, you want to... He's a very attractive man. Very attractive man. And if you're going to fuck someone, you really want a name that like that definitely like rolls off the tongue. So it's just like, Orson Welles. You know, you, and that's just how it is. And I just think, like, if I'm going to put my energy after a long day on set into boning someone, it's going to be someone where I can have that name roll off the tongue, you know? Yeah, so Orson Welles, definitely. All right. Well, the next part of the, uh, the show, we like to do a little bit of word association. Mm. Basically, I'm going to say a word, and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind. All right. The first word, Fuck. I'm sorry. Wait, I'm supposed to actually say the yeah, words and not. No, no. Oh, I, in my I, head, I, I was envisioning like yeah, fucking yeah, no, Orson Welles. Yeah. So. Okay. Oh. Very, very. That's clear. No, so no, no, the first no, word, I'll, fuck. Okay. First word, fuck. Oh, uh, me. Uh, dick. Pick. Smut. Luck. Schlock. Mock. Grind. House. Blood. You. Murder. Mew. Shoot. You. Film. Pussy. All right. Well, that's about all we have time for yeah, today. You know. I want to thank Quentin Tarantino for stopping on by. Quentin, is there anything you want to say before you head out? Yeah, there's a few things I want to say right now. Look, the state of entertainment is shit. You got to look at everything, you know, like every single Netflix that comes out there. Everyone say it's the greatest thing ever. And then two weeks later, it's got a score of like crap on Rotten Tomatoes. And that's another thing about Rotten Tomatoes. I don't give a crap about what a reviewer says about my fucking movies. If you have an opinion about it, great. Keep it to yourself. I feel like all your films are certified fresh on there, though. Are they? I really haven't looked them up. I just assume they're bad because of the millennial no, generation. No, people love your films. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's good to hear. That's awesome. They like. They really like. They like them. Yeah. They all have at least over seventy percent on there. I'm sure. That's great to hear. Well, I once again, Quinn, what the hell did you do? I take it back. Use Rotten Tomatoes. That is a great source. As I am above seventy percent on that. Damn it, Quinn! You always put yourself in the box. All right. Well, thank you, Quentin, for coming again. And thank you all for listening. And we will see you all next time. Thank you again for listening to the Yes And I Am podcast. This podcast has been completely improvised. So instead of having the actual Quentin Tarantino here today has been my friend, Kevin McNair. How's it going, Kevin? (laughs) It's going really well. (laughs) So Quentin Tarantino...
You know, uh, it was interesting when you said that. I was just like, fuck, I've only seen Inglorious Bastards, and I wasn't even sure if that was his film. Wait, you haven't seen any of his no, movies? No, I haven't seen any of them. Kill Bill, none of them. Pulp like, Fiction? No, never seen them. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Why I, would you do that to yourself? I have no I, I have no reasoning behind it. I just It was almost like um, everyone getting on my case because I never listened to a Beatles album up to like a year ago. Wait, what? Yeah. I just, Where do you live? I mean, I, just, I live in Connecticut. I like to think I'm a cultured person but i know i just never listened or watched any of that stuff like i I know there's like people that like haven't seen star wars but like listening to like a beatles song well i mean like people star wars is my godfather i never seen any of the godfathers you know it's just I've seen the first one. I haven't seen the the other two because right. I got bur- bored after the first one. That makes like, sense. That's a slow movie. I'm not interested. I, like I'd rather watch Goodfellas again than yeah. like see The Godfather. Yeah. But Quentin Tarantino, I feel like is so up your alley. It would be, but no, I just I never watched his film. I I try to stay away from a lot of art. I'm like I'm cultured, but I'm in a way like I'm not. I'm I'm fucking weird when it comes to that shit like i i guess the easiest way i can relate it to is uh museums Mm -hmm. i don't like going to museums or art exhibits or anything uh my friend katie actually like forced me to go with her to the moma just once but i don't like to go because i just like to think if i create something off my top of my head i'm thinking it came from there and not something else but yeah no i i very weird like that um yeah no never seen a quentin tarantino film outside of inglorious bastards i Honestly, outside of that, Kill Bill and Pulp Fiction, I can't think of other movies he's done. Uh, uh, Hateful Eight, Jackie Brown, Reservoir Dogs. Never seen any of those, man. Uh, he he wrote um, I have it written down in front of me. Natural Born Killers. No. True Lies. Wait, with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh, no, not True Lies. Um, <laughs> uh, it's the other one. Oh, uh, sorry. Um, I'll think of it in a second. But he, he's directed so many films. Uh, uh, Django Unchained. No. Uh, Never been a Leo fan. Really? No. Okay. Well, the, the the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood land or in Hollywood uh, is with Leo and Brad in the same film. Are you seriously? Oh, yeah, God. they're the two leads. Is this gonna be like a torture porn type of thing again? Like, just like Leo's last movie, The Covenant, or no, not The, the Revenant. Covenant. The Revenant. Covenant. The Covenant <laughs> is like a horror film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, The Revenant, which I like to think of uh, actor torture. Actually, porn. I've seen The Covenant. It <laughs> is a bad movie. <laughs> Hey, you know, and then, you know. It's like teenagers, but they're men, but they're witches, and that's weird. It Uh, it was on How Did This Get Made, that podcast, so that that should explain it all. It's got Sebastian Stan in it, though. Who the hell is Sebastian Stan? Winter Soldier from uh, The Avengers. Has he been in other movies outside of Winter Soldier? Yeah. Liar. (laughs) He's in The Covenant. Well, (laughs) there you go. All right. So you you have uh, like you, your experience with Quentin Tarantino is very minimal. Very. Um, that's funny because like there's things that I wanted to like you could ask mention. Him, but I no, no, there's things that I want to bring up like the fact that he like acts in most of his movies. Really? Yeah, he plays a lot of like characters in his movies. Um, most notably is in uh, Pulp Fiction. He's like. Wait, did he actually direct and write? Because I did see him in. Um Dust to the Dawn. No, that's a Robert Rodriguez film. But oh. hey, that's another thing I wanted to mention is like okay. him and Robert Rodriguez have been like longtime friends and like they co-directed Sin City. 
Um, they co-directed Grindhouse. Didn't see any of the Sin, City, Sin Cities. And I didn't see Grindhouse. And I love Grindhouse. Rose. is great. I love Rose McGowan, but mm-hmm. I never saw that. No. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, uh, I don't know if I, I actually kind of like uh, Robert Rodriguez is part of Grindhouse better than Quentin Tarantino's. Okay. Like Death Proof is probably Quentin Tarantino's like weakest film, mm. but that's saying a lot because it's still a good movie. Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't seen them. I, I I know about them and everything, but I just never seen them. Yeah, no. Treat yourself one of these days. Have a little Quentin Tarantino. Like just watch Pulp Fiction. It's such a good movie. Yeah, it's also one of those movies you can like stop and start and like. I'll have to watch it. I mean, it has a very, you know, it's funny. Like, I know it has a big cast in it, but the one thing that sticks out in, to me in that movie, because I've just seen, like, bits and pieces of it online, is it has the guy who's on Mad TV as the UPS delivery oh, uh, man. Uh, Lamar. Uh, uh, something Lamar. Uh, yeah. 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 He's a famous voice actor, too. Oh, yeah, really? That's yeah. that's cool. Yeah, no, uh, I, I I was like, oh, the guy from Mad TV is in that. This is Pulp Fiction, and people would get upset with me about yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, he's, he's uh, more famous for doing the voice of Hermes in Futurama. Never watched Futurama. Do you? Okay, you, you live under a rock. Um, no, I don't live under a rock. I'm just very limited on my scope. Like, my brother does, like, a... Uh, uh, what's it called? A Downton Abbey podcast, and he gets a lot of views and everything like that. But he refuses to have me on it unless I watch the actual show. I mean, that would make sense. Yeah, I told him like, come on, I can I can mess around with it. He's like, no, we have a serious following in Australia. I, I've never I've never watched Downton Abbey, but I'm like, I'd be like, yeah, and those Windershires, they're doing their thing. Uh, it, it would make his blood boil whenever I'd go like, yeah, I want to watch Downtown Abbey, and he's like, not Downtown <laughs> Abbey, not Downtown. Some <laughs> Downtown, where the folks are broke. That yeah. that, that that was a uh, Little Shop of Horrors reference. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I know Little Shop of Horrors. You've never seen Quentin Tarantino no. movies, but you know Little Shop. Of I Horrors. know Little Shop of Horrors very well. I do. I growing up in theater, man. So 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 Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> he, yeah, yeah. Quentin Tarantino, good guy, great guy. But yeah, okay. So uh, Kevin McNair, uh, you are an actor improviser. Uh, what do you got going on? Where can people see you and all that? Mind you, I don't know when this is being released. <laughs> um, honestly, that's actually good because I have, a lot of my shows are slated later for in November. And, okay. Um, like uh, right now, once a month, I'm doing uh, solo improv. Um, and I, it confuses people because the title of the show usually says Kevin McNair is a one-man show or whatever. But I, what I usually do is I start off with a local New York City sell, uh, storyteller, and then they have a indie team follow them, and they do a set based on that. Some people call it the Armando Ascat, whatever. It's just my thing is just like I like to hear people tell a story, and then see improvisers do so. Stuff wait, on it. but you are you the story? No, I'm not the storyteller. Like I'll bring in a, like uh, I have my good buddy David Lawson come in, and um, he told the story, and then uh, I had one of my favorite indie groups, uh, Ghost Click. They performed a story right after it, and then once they're done with their little two little sets, I then do a thirty minute. Uh, solo improv show based on what they just did no just based off a significant moment from the audience like i asked the audience to give me like a significant moment in their life that they feel is universal um so i've gotten uh parents getting divorced that was was the last one i got uh i've gotten uh first kiss 
giving birth, uh, circumcision. That was a weird one. But uh, I who pull- remembers their circumcision? I I don't know. I don't know. But it, I guess it's universal. I or I not mean, universal. I mean, 50, 50? I don't yeah, know. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know the I don't know the percentages. These days. I mean, I mean, the, the, the least 50 because you gotta think like fifty percent of the population is women. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Well, there. Yeah, that's why we look at it. Um, but uh, so they give me that, and then from there, I just do a one man mono scene about uh, off that suggestion. I tried it like A to C it, thinking in my head about what goes into that, you know. And my shows are not always funny. There are very serious moments in it, uh, especially the, the divorce one. Like it was funny with the parents fighting with each other, but then when you go to the kids' point of view, I'm surprised you haven't gotten a death like one yet. It might it's come. Go, it's gonna. It's come. gonna come. It's gonna, like, and like, that's universal. It's that like, is universal. Friends Something dying. That parents yeah. dying. It's gonna come. Um, but you know, right now I've been focusing on those um, solo ones. But then in December, I will say on December 28th, I believe it's at. 9 p.m. I'm not sure uh, the exact date, but at the pit, I will be doing my first full hour. Oh, wow! First full hour, no opening acts, uh, solo improv show, and that's a little daunting, even to me. <laughs> like, I mean, that's a lot of space to fill. That is a lot of space to fill. I know, uh, the team that uh, you and I are uh, both a part of, uh, Gritty Reboot, really, uh, we had uh, one show like. Where we didn't we we were, didn't plan on having to do that much yeah but our uh, our opening team did not show up mm. so we did a forty minute set of what we do and uh, you weren't there I was not there <laughs> but if I knew about that I would have didn't I wouldn't have played I would have sat in the audience there to was see how there, that was. there was two audience members which was the best <laughs> part and not neither none of us on stage knew the audience members those are the best shows it's like hey there's like nine people in the audience I have no idea who they are what's going on <laughs> exactly but it was the fact that it was just two and one of them gave us the suggestion oh my gosh that's beautiful I and especially the way gritty reboot does their shows I wish I would have been in that audience uh, to see that that would have been fun. Because uh, we've had some good shows with Gritty. Like, we yeah. did the uh, whole... Uh, Home Alone? Home Alone, where Kevin McAllister gets his fucking end at the end of the movie. Yeah, he, yeah, no, he... he, uh, he uh, turns to a life, life of, of crime. crime. Yeah, yeah, he's like, you <laughs> Breaks know... Breaks into an NRA like, But he does it, like, because of pure pressure, I think, yeah. too. Which is, like... That was a real moral of that story, yeah, was, was don't, don't submit to pure pressure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... Um, uh, yeah, I've been doing my solos, and then right now um, I have a team. They're coming up on, I think we're past our two-year anniversary now. Uh, it's called My First Tattoo. Uh, we do a free-form, base-style improv coached by Rachel Rosenthal. Um, one of my favorite things to do. You know, I cool. love every one of them. You know, it's a good time. It's a form that no one in the city I see does. Yeah, no, you explained it to me once and it was like that sounds complicated. Extremely complicated, but like if you could see us, come see it cuz Where it, do you typically perform with that group? Uh we usually do the pit. Okay. I've been locked in the freaking uh basement gutter, whatever the hell you want to call it at uh Triple Crown. So I don't I have like issues going to there to perform. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, and but then like and UCB is hard to get put on I, I went to things. a location recently, uh the Cobra Club. 
And that was actually a pretty cool stage. Wait, wait. was that like a moonlighting adult theme? No, 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 no. It's it's like it's a bar out in uh, Bushwick, uh, and they have like a like stage and with like tables and stuff. No, the only thing I remember out there that had does the improv now is much more's. No, uh, Pine Box Rock Shop. Okay, that too. Yeah. But Much More's does shows too as well. Mm. I hate Much More's because the stage is tiny. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't I been. I hate's a strong word. If Much More's wants to put up my show, I will gladly accept. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, it's mainly been the pit because they've been free and very kind to me with uh, booking shows, which has been awesome, you know. And we've actually always had a good audience, um, which is something that's been crazy um, because a lot of times you don't know the people, but it's like, how are they finding out? But but, you know, after two years of doing hard work, I mean, it's going well, you know. But, yeah, so uh, does that uh, team have, like, a social media where people can find the dates? Or? Yeah, um, my first tattoo on Facebook, but we don't update. So I just realized as I'm saying, like, oh, we don't update. We're horrible with that because we're all busy adults, you know. Um, okay, but do you have uh, where people can find your shows, uh, your solo uh, prop? Uh, do you update that? I, you know, it's funny, like, because I do photography. If you go to, like, Kevin McNair Photography on Facebook, you'll see my last update was, like, in 2015 or 16. <laughs> because I'm constantly working. I don't sit and do that. So it's, like, when I do post anything, I will post gotta it Got to promote your shows. And, yeah, you know, and that's – I got to do I, – I leave it to my other teammates to do that. We, we post But when over. you're doing a solo prof show. When I'm doing a solo prof show and it's on my own, I post on, like, all the different improv forums and stuff like that. Um, I should have it. But if you, if you want to get randos, to like, say, you know, a listener of a podcast, where could they find these dates? I mean, mainly just Facebook. Uh, just, just look for Kevin McNair and you'll find it. Or, yeah, the pit doesn't have a search function, but, no, I mean... Yeah, I'm horrible. I'm sorry. Plugging right. plug like that's really difficult. But, you know, but you get cool randos. The last show had uh, improvisers from Germany who were just traveling in America, and they never saw Solo Prop before and thought it was amazing. All right. Well, cool. Um, if you want to find us on Instagram, because we try to update as much as we can, uh, we're at Yes And I Am, and uh, we'll put out dates because we're looking to do some more live shows of the podcast. So if you could stop on by, if you're interested in, like, asking one of our guests from our show a question, question from the audience we do that sometimes so look out for one of those at yes and i am also if you want to check out a cool uh, sketch team check out my sketch team ratitude we're on super sketch tuesdays at the pit we perform once a month thank you all for listening and we will see you all next time